five-year anniversary is coming up in August, and I'm so excited as you saw the announcement, the first announcement, so don't forget to mark your calendars and bring somebody with you. Say, Pastor Barb, I'm going to bring somebody with me. All right, I watched all of you who said that. I'm going to be watching. Be a, be a man and woman of your word. But no, honestly, it's going to be a wonder, wonderful couple Sundays. And then my brother and his wife's coming the next Sunday. And if you haven't experienced Pastor Jeff, he is crazy. You're going to love him. And I'm telling you, it's going to be two powerful Sundays for Faith Builders Church, celebrating five years as the lead pastor of the church. I tell you, it's been a hard season, but it's been a the best season, amen. It's been such an incredible time pastoring this church, and I am just looking forward to the season that God is bringing us into. I just believe we're coming into just a supernatural season, and I hope you are sensing the same thing in your spirit. So I would really love you to be here. There's two Sundays so you can catch the heart of what God is doing in this shift. And every Wednesday night, we are praying together. So if you are able to make it back on Wednesday nights, it's one hour. We meet here at 7, 7 to 8. How many has been here on a Wednesday night? Give a shout if it's been amazing because it has been, see, there you go. It is good on Wednesdays. It made it sound like it wasn't, but it is good. I mean, we are having so many incredible uh, breakthroughs and words from God and visions, and it is super special. So I just invite you out. We're kicking off our midweek service in August the 24th, and you'll be getting more information about that, but officially as our curriculum and stuff. And so, hey, let's just put our bootstraps on, amen, and let's get ready to do something for Jesus. How many is ready? I'm so ready to for what God has in this season. So let me just pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for what you are doing in the natural but also in the supernatural. That God, you are shifting and rearranging and moving and, and, and just doing setups in the house of the Lord. And we thank you, God, as August approaches and our, our covering comes to speak to this house, the founders and covering. And as my brother and, and Pastor Robin come, God, we pray over those two Sundays. God, we ask there be a great outpouring. We ask for prophetic words. We ask for divine intervention. Father, as they come, let there be a shifting in the atmosphere. Let there be a supernatural charge of your spirit as we open up this North Phoenix for this impartation of the year of grace that we are coming into, Father God. We have great expectations for what you're about to do. And God, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for the word that you placed within my heart. I ask that it would go into good soil this morning, and that, Lord, we would hear what we need to hear. God, I ask that everything that they need encouragement in today, hope in today, that they will hear exactly what they need to give them just a ray of hope today. And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more praise. I tell you, there's a beautiful spirit here this morning. And so I am going to bring to you, we are finishing up our series on stand. And if you have missed any of the other three, I highly encourage you to jump online, listen to them because they all come together with a beautiful hope for what God is doing in our lives. And today I'm going to wrap it up with just an encouragement to you. How many just need some encouragement? And as I was putting this message together, I felt like I was just throwing you an anchor of hope today. So maybe you've been believing God for some things in your life and some breakthroughs and some miracles. And this is what I felt in my heart, and you haven't seen it happen yet. 
I think all of us could probably raise our hands, that there's this thing you've been believing God for, and it just hasn't happened today or yet. And what I want to do is I want to throw you some hope today. And I want to let you know that everything's going to be okay and that God has everything in his hands, amen. And I just want to leave you encouraged today so that you can walk out with a gift of faith and saying, you know what, God's about to do something amazing in my life. No matter what it looks like, amen, there is incredible breakthrough coming. So maybe you're standing here, sitting here today, and you, you want a child that needs to surrender to Jesus. Maybe there's some financial miracles that you're believing God for. Maybe there's a marital situation or a family situation. Every one of us has something in here that we're desperately wanting God to do in our life. I know for me, I have some personal things that I really want from the Lord. But I also have some amazing things for this church that I know God is about to do. And so I'm going to encourage you today, amen. So last week we talked about Daniel. We've been studying in the book of Daniel. And when we first started, Daniel was just a young boy. And last week he was 80. And so where I'm going to share with you in the story today is Daniel's just a little bit older, amen. And if you look at the journey of Daniel, he was always decades, for decades, standing in faith and believing God for some things. We're not talking 24 hours or two years. If you look at his journey, he was decades of believing God for some freedom in his life. As we know, in the first week, King Nebuchadnezzar tore down the temple, took these young men and brought them into his, his kingdom and taught him the, the ways of the world, or at least tried to. And Daniel's heart was for the Jewish people to be set free once again. He wanted them to find their freedom, and he was being played with by the king and by the enemy. And so all this time he had desires of this breakthrough for his people, but he wasn't seeing it happen. And there was little signs like, okay, here it is, and then it wouldn't happen. Has anybody ever been there before? You're like, here it is, God. I feel like this miracle is right here. And then you wake up the next day, and the devil's just right on your tail. Or there's a shut door. Or there's a disappointment. And that's where David found himself. He was so kind of still honoring God, but still had so many deep desires for God to move on the inside of his life. And so in this portion of the story, Daniel had yet another vision. And this vision did not bring hope to the nation. It was offering more war and more hardship. And this troubled the heart of David. And so what David did, which is we should exemplify after, is David said, I'm going to take 21 days and I'm going to fast. And I'm going to pray because I need to hear the heart of the Lord. And that's why every year we do a 21-day of prayer and fasting here at the church. Because I think it's so important that we should live a fasted life, and I understand that. But sometimes it's good to say, you know what, the first 21 days of my year, I'm given to God, and I need to hear what God has to say. And I need a fresh revelation, and I need the Lord to speak to me exactly where my family's going and, and where my children are going, amen? And so he sought out God in prayer for 21 days. He didn't even have fragrant lotions. I think that means in the King James Version, he stinketh. I don't know. I'm just saying he probably stinketh because there's no deodorants going on during 21. I mean, I think God should be glorified in smell, but I don't know. That was his thing. So at the, end of his, at the end of his 21 days, he had this vision of this angelic being. Now, I want to explain to you a little bit about this angelic being because if you study it out in this encounter that he had, this supernatural encounter, it was probably what theologians say is called a Christophany. And that is where there's a type of Jesus that represents, that comes down like Christ and represents and shows itself in the natural. Like in Daniel, in the, I'm sorry, in the fire furnace, there was that fourth 
the example of the Christophany of Jesus being in the middle of that fire. And so it could be a different kind of angel, but when I read you the description, it is very similar to Revelations 19 where John is describing Jesus. So he has this encounter with this incarnate Christ. I believe that we're coming into a time in the body of Christ that we are going to encounter some supernatural experiences with the Lord. Amen. And I don't mean just corporately, but I'm talking about individually in your life. I feel like God is going to visit your homes and he's going to hit your life in such a supernatural way because I believe we need a season of an intimate touch with the Lord. Amen. Because I can say in this room, Jesus loves you. And you all be like, amen. But many of you might say, but not me. It's easy for you to take and bat away. Well, God's word is yes and amen. Yes, Pastor Barb, but not for me. He's failed me. So this corporate word is good, and I'm trying to aim you where God wants to go. But I believe we're in a season that you need to hear from God. What is God saying to you? Amen? Because when you get a word from God, nobody can take that from you. When you have an encounter with God and the presence of God that's so supernatural, it don't matter what nobody says or comes against it. You can't take it from me because I had this experience with God. You can't tell me it wasn't God. Amen? And so that's what's happening here. So let's take a look at this in Daniel 10, verses 5 through 8. This is so beautiful. Daniel said, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes, excuse me, his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. I mean, that is a little intimidating, wouldn't you say? Like all of a sudden you're in prayer, and then there's this manifestation of this supernatural being. And in verse 7 it says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. Now I want to just repeat that because we're going to sit there for just a minute. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing. But they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. And as I was reading this, I was like, why would God only allow Daniel to have this? Why wouldn't show it to everybody? And I believe it was because God said, Daniel, what I'm about to do is for you. This voice and this word and this supernatural encounter isn't meant for everybody. It's meant for you alone. Now, God says he's not a respecter of persons. So every one of us can have this encounter. I feel like we need to open up our spirits and say, you know what, God, I'm open to this. I know sometimes when I walk and pray, God's presence comes in so strong. But our earthly flesh will stop it. We don't know how to allow the freedom of the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives. I remember one time when I, when I was a youth pastor back in our Beloit church, I would walk and pray in our youth center, walk and pray. And one day the presence of God was so rich it literally, it didn't throw me to the ground, but I laid on the ground, and the presence of God was so strong. It was heavy, and I was weeping, and there was a reverence, and, and I just knew that if I would open up my eyes, I would see a supernatural encounter. I didn't know Jesus or the angel. I didn't know, but I couldn't even have the courage to open up my eyes because the presence of God is so rich. Why? Because my mind got scared. My mind shut down. We eliminate the supernatural in our life because we don't understand it. But I believe God says, I want to visit you personally. And I want to show you my love. I want to show you my power. Not for the whole church, but just for you so that you will know I am God. And that I love you. And I have things just for you. Amen? 
I'm kind of, I was kind of the only child. I like things, I'm kind of selfish. I like things just for me. And I never mind that either when the Lord does that. I've always said that I'm God's favorite. I'm sorry for the rest of you all. <laughs> and then I realized I wasn't, and I really had a problem with that. I mean, honestly, this is a true story. I was like, this one lady was telling to me, telling me about this beautiful encounter she had with the Lord in prayer. I mean, God just came to her and visited her, and she was weeping. I'm like, oh, no, he doesn't. He only does that with me. Like, I was really troubled by that. <laughs> and then I realized the only child syndrome had to go out the door. It's not all about me, amen. So he separated Daniel for something special. Just for him. How many just need something? I need something just for Jesus, from Jesus that's just for me. Something that maybe nobody else will understand. The word that God wants to give me, you'd be like, whatever, that, I don't need that. But it's for me, and it's important, and I need to hear what God has to say. And whatever you need from God, you need to hear from the Lord. So sometimes God will pull us alone so that we can spend time with him and allow him to speak into our lives. Amen. Have you ever, and I'm sure you have in your walk with God, where maybe a worship service, just one of those songs just knocked your socks off. Or maybe you got this revelation from God's word, and, and you're talking to somebody like, i got to show you what God showed me. I got this revelation, and it's so good, and you're excited, and you think they're going to, like, their hair is going to stay up on the edge and they're gonna get tingles and they're like well that's good you want to go get some pizza they're like and you're like what how can that not bless you how did that just not like you know pins and needles up and down your spine because it wasn't meant for them see there's some things that we get with God that is not meant for everybody it's meant for you your revelation your promise and what happens is when we try to get other people to celebrate it they will discourage what God is doing in you so sometimes just let God work on you let God rejoice with you let God give you visions and dreams and don't feel like you have to shout it from the mountaintops amen because the devil will try to steal that out from you as quick as he gave it as God gave it to you amen so there's something that God has just for you, and that's intimate. Amen? There's, there's that intimate relationship with God. So here he is standing in this angelic presence, this anointing. And verse 8 says this, My strength left me. My face grew deadly pale, and I felt very weak. I'm pretty sure that would happen to me if I saw that standing in front of me also. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice... I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. That means he literally went under the presence of God. See, when there's a sound of God in your life, you know, and even this morning, there's a beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit. When we sense the presence of God, that means God's immediately about to do a work on the inside of us. You know, and it made me think of Adam immediately when I read that, that Adam fell into a deep sleep. And what did God do? He did surgery on Adam. And he created something out of Adam to create something that was good for him. So when you allow God's presence to come in your life and you allow this intimacy and you allow this voice of God, he'll put you in this place where you're all alone and it's just you and him. And guess what? That is a scary place to be. You're vulnerable and you're insecure because you're really not sure. He did not know what was going on. 
But when he was under, God was doing healing on the inside of him. God was working on the inside of him. When you're alone with God, he's working something on the inside of you. He's moving things in the supernatural that you can't see, amen? And this is where we have to trust the presence of God in our life and allow ourselves to be submitted to that time to say, Holy Spirit, come. That's why I've been preaching for the last three weeks and setting time aside with God and allowing, you know, your schedule to say, I'm going to worship God. We're going to tune everything out. Maybe if I'm driving to work 30 minutes, I'm going to put on worship and I'm going to worship God. Maybe when I get home, I'll, you take care of the kids and i got to shut myself in the room because I've got to get in the presence of God. Why? Because when you get with God, he gives you hope. He gives you the anchor. He gives you the promises. Only God can give you what you need in this hour, amen. I can give you little nuggets on Sunday morning, praise God, but you need more than that. You need your promise from God. And Daniel was being shaken, and he was wondering, God, where are you, and why aren't you freeing my people? So I'm going to share with you this morning three things to remember when you're standing in faith. This isn't in my notes. This is for free. I would just say don't give up. Just keep doing what you're doing. The enemy would love to get believers out of the pocket today. He'd love to get us stop believing. He'd love to continue to get us warring with one another. He'd love for us to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. I'm not going to trust God anymore. But I'm going to encourage you today, you stay in faith believing. Because you could be in that midnight hour right now where I'm telling you the shackles are about to make a supernatural sound and be broken off your circumstances. And you're going to walk in the breakthrough and the promises of God. But you have to recognize the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God has given us power and a sound mind and might. Amen. So three things to remember this morning. Number one, God cares about you more than you do. I want to speak that over you today. God cares about you. He cares about your desires. He cares about your longings. And it may seem so far away from you, it seems insignificant. But God is saying, I care about you today. So let's look at verse 10. Here he is. He's overwhelmed. He's fainted to the ground. And he said, just then a hand touched me and lifted me up. Who is the only one that could reach David in his, or Daniel in his despair? It was God. And you'll see here that it didn't even change right away. He needed a couple touches from God to really get to the place where he needed to be. He said, but this hand touched me and it lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and my knees. So he was still afraid with what was going on. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are precious to God. Here's Daniel in his despair. He's an old man now. He still hasn't seen the Jewish people set free, which was his heart's desire. And God's saying to him, Daniel, you're precious. Wherever you're at in believing God, wherever you're at in your journey with God, you are precious to the heart of God. And the enemy would like to make you feel less than who you are. He's trying to make you feel insignificant, and God doesn't hear your prayers, and you are unworthy. And God is saying with soothing words of apples of gold today, you are precious. That word precious means of great value and not to be wasted. Your prayers have not gone unheard. Your faith and your trust and your belief has not gone unnoticed by the presence of God. He said, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. 
Even in your despair, even in your fear and vulnerability, stand up, for I have sent to you. When he said this to me, so I have been sent to you. He said, I'm on assignment to you. Listen, God's on his way with his miracle. He's been sent to you, even though you don't see that yet. When he said this to me, I still stood up trembling. So two things that we see in the scripture that happens when we're in despair. God will touch you and he will lift you up. He'll get you back to a place that says, let's start believing again. Let's start trusting God again. Let's get our hope back again. Let's get our joy back again. It doesn't matter if you prayed for 50 years or five days. It's time to ignite the gift of faith in our heart and say, God, what you said, I'm going to stand and wait until you fulfill your word. Something we did Wednesday night, which was very prophetic, um, we took time to pray over all the um, prophetic words spoken over this house All the words, the prophecies that are just laying dormant in the ground, we spoke life to those words. We spoke breath into those words. Why? Because the word of God does not return void, but it accomplishes that to which it was sent. So whatever God has spoken to you, and it may look null and void, and it may be somewhere in dead soil, speak life to that dream. Speak life to that prophetic word. Speak life to the promises of God. And I literally in the spirit felt things shaking because when you begin to speak life, God Here's your faith, and that is put in action, and it will change the atmosphere of your situation. We serve a supernatural God. Listen, it's time for us to come out of our despair. Whatever 2020 brought in and thereafter, shake it off. Shake the dust off your feet like Jesus told the disciples. If they don't receive you, don't carry the burden into the next city, or you won't be fruitful. Everybody do this. Say, I'm shaking it off. I'm shaking it off. Everybody's opinions, failures, finances, whatever it is, overwhelming, stress, defeat, you have to leave that behind you and say, Jesus, lift me up so that I can hear your voice. I can be in tune with the Holy Spirit because I'm going after what God promised me. I have like this ridiculous vengeance right now. I'm like, I'm going after what God has for me and what the devil stole from me. It is time for some payback. Amen. And I hope you're just as righteously angry as me. We have to stand up, man and woman of God, in this season. Let's quit sitting down and bowing our knee to what society says or the world says or even what the devil says. The hand of, I have this uh, point today. It's not really a point, but a statement. The hand of God never extends to condemn. It always reaches to lift us up. If you feel condemned in this season and you feel shut down and you feel like God isn't hearing your voice, that is not the voice of God. God's hand is extended just like to Daniel, and he wants to lift you up. Why? Because you're precious in the sight of God. Amen? God looks at you as the same way when you have your children. You love your children, right? You you love your children. There's something precious about them. Your coworkers, you may like them, but they probably ain't precious to you. Right? You know some people, you like them, don't mean they're precious to you. But you think of your children or some family, they're precious. That's how God sees you. You are precious to him. No matter what you do or don't do, he is looking at you and saying, you are special to me. All right, number two this morning. Number one was, can't remember, somewhere. Thank you. Thank you for that. Taking notes. Okay. Number two, God is doing more than you can understand. You have to believe that. 
God is working in the supernatural. He's moving situations around. He's aligning divine appointments. He's aligning favor in your life. He is working in the supernatural realm that you can't see. Amen. Keep that faith activated on the inside of you. In verse 12, it says, then he said, God said, don't be afraid, Daniel. It's not a time to be bound with fear. What does fear do? It holds you in captivity. It limits God. It keeps you locked up so that you can't hear God or see God or even step out by faith. Listen to what he said. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and you humbled yourself to God, your request has been heard in heaven. Yeah, you may not see it yet. You may be discouraged, and it may look worse than it was, but God says since the first day you said that prayer, that cry in your car, or that cry at the church, or out of your frustration, heaven heard you. And this is where we have to trust God. Even though it's been delayed coming through the heavenlies, heaven has heard your request. And God said, I heard it the moment that you prayed it. He said, I have come to answer your prayer. Woo! We serve a God that answers prayer. And it's always in the midnight hour. It's always when we're ready to throw in the white cloth and say, I'm tapping out. I'm done. You know, you feel like you've been praying for a long time and you wonder, is it worth keep praying over? Does God really care? Why bother? God's not doing anything anyway. Nothing's going to change. If he was going to do something, he'd have already done it by now. How many of us have heard any pieces of what I just said? I've said them all in my head, so I'm pretty sure you've at least said one of them. And that makes us grow weary, and we want to quit because why do I keep praying for something that I don't see change over yet? And that's where we have to trust God. He says, since the first time you begin to pray, your prayers made a sound in heaven. Love that. Verse 13 says, but for 21 days, the prince of kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And I looked at that 21 days because obviously I knew that has to be supernatural. There has to be something to that. I couldn't find anything 21 that was supernatural in the Bible at all. So I took 20 and I took one. And 20 means this, it's complete or perfect without a waiting period. It's done. One means it's unity with God the Father and the Son, which is the word of God. So 20, God brings it to completion. He takes the word he gave you and he brings it into unity with you. And then the promise can be released in your life. That's powerful. So we can't give up in what you're believing God for. There's a resistance from the heavenlies. There's some levels that it's got to go through that, listen, the devil doesn't want you to have breakthrough. And he'll throw anything over you to discourage you or derail you to get you stopped, making that voice be sound in heaven. He said, the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. What is that? The uh, prince of Persia is this. It's a wicked territorial spirit under the command of Satan's assignment to nations as a way to opposing God's will and its people. 
There are territorial spirits over cities that don't want the breakthrough to happen. So why do we come every Wednesday to pray? Why do we do that? Because we're breaking down those spiritual strongholds because this prince of Persia wanted the Jewish people to stay in captivity forever. Whenever the king's heart would change towards the people, that spirit would come, that territorial spirit, and would block what God wanted, and they'd stay into captivity. We've got to recognize that, amen? So for 21 days, the spiritual block was in my life. Then uh, Jesus said, or the angel, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of kingdom, excuse me, with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. I might have wrote that wrong a little bit. Left him with the prince of Persia, amen. So what happened with that mark, the archangel coming through, he was able to fight the enemy so that the promise could find its way through. When did David start praying? 21 days ago. What did David do? He started praying, nothing. He kept praying, nothing. Kept praying, nothing. You may feel that today. You keep praying, nothing's happening. But in the spirit, something is trying to fight its way to you, amen? And when you know who you are in Christ and you take the authority of the word of God, you can begin to call that promise into your life. You can break the strongholds of the enemy, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's fear, whatever it is in your life that's blocking, you have authority to remove that from your life. Because Jesus in the New Testament gave us all power and all authority over every working force of the enemy. That means he can't touch this. You know what I want to do next. Not going to do it. Can't touch this. <laughs> Y'all are so predictable. Actually, I'm predictable. I think that's the case. <laughs> so he kept praying and he kept praying and nothing. It looked like God was never going to come through for him. And how many of us feel that way, man? There is a battle raging in heaven against what you're believing God for. Things aren't going to come on a silver platter. Sometimes there's instant breakthroughs. Sometimes, and that's awesome, we love those, but sometimes there's a raging going on that we need to stand in faith believing that when you prayed, God released angels on assignment on behalf. The kingdom of light came down to overcome the kingdom of darkness in your situation. And that's where your hope has to stay. That's where your faith has to stay, amen? Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. Amen. Let's get back to the first thing God told us and say, yes, Lord. I don't know if I shared this last week. I've been sharing it a lot, but how the enemy is just throwing darts right now. Is anybody else in that same boat? I just feel like everywhere I look, the enemy is just totally trying to distract me. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to laugh at the enemy. I literally am just going to laugh because it's become funny to me and obvious. Like literally after Wednesday night's prayer, we had such a beautiful time, incredible words from God. And I get home and somebody sends me an awful text, you know, and not through my phone but through another system that I have. But I'm like, really, devil? Like I came home so happy. And you know your home should be your refuge. It should be your safe place that you get to leave all the garbage outside, but not with my phone. And there it was, you know, and it just tried to wipe me out. And I just set my phone down. And I laughed. And I said, you know what, God? You fill my mouth with laughter and my lips with shouts of praise. And you must be doing something so good that if I have a 20-minute drive home, you already have the devil trying to get on my tail. Amen? You just got to laugh. Why? Because God is doing something for you that you can't see and you can't know. And don't let him steal your joy anymore. 
Like, just recognize the bully, the spiritual bully that's trying to come against you and say, you can't, you can't have me anymore. I know what God has for me, and I'm going to get it. I'm not going to be moved. My feet are anchored to the word of God. I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, you rotten devil. And I know that the blood of Jesus protects me, and a hedge of protection is around me and my family. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Come on, we have the whole Bible to get the promises of God activated on the inside of us. I hope after today you don't let the devil bring you lower than who God's called you to be. Because he's called you to high places. Amen. How many remember that old song? We're going up to the high places. How many know it? All right, y'all, just too young. All right, all right, okay. It's okay. It was a good one, though. Ron Cannoli, right? Back in the day. I think it was Ron Cannoli. Anyway. (laughs) So what do we have here? So thank you, Jesus. God's doing more than you can realize. And number three this morning, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. I am so thankful for that because in my weaknesses and in my failures and in my insecurities, God's strength is still manifesting in my life. You have to realize that it's not about you what God is doing. And I'm so thankful because I would be messed up if it wasn't for the great I am in my life. Amen. God's strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. And we know scripture says in 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weaknesses. I've always said this, that if you feel like you came to the end of yourself, good. If you're like at that place where I want to give up, good. Because you're right where you need to be. Because you need to stop trying to do things yourself and let God do what he's going to do in your life. Let the strength of God show up in the situation or the scenario, whatever miracle you need in your life. Now, I'm kind of back to working out, you guys. I'm kind of excited. It's baby steps. I'm walking and I'm jump roping and I've lost 10 pounds. You probably can't see it yet, but that's okay. I'm rejoicing with the Lord. But when, when I was in my real workout days, I, uh, you would work out to a place where you would burn out. Does anybody, I don't know if you work out, you understand that. And when, when the, they're challenging you, you're like, I cannot do this any longer. Like, I just can't. And they're like, yes, you can. You can do one more. Like, no, I can't. And the whole time you're doing it, you know. You have to realize you are stronger than you realize. You think you can't go another day. Yes, you can. You think you can't say one more prayer. Yes, you can. You can go a little while longer because you are stronger than you think. You know why? Because it's not your strength. It is God's strength working in your life. It is his power and his authority. Amen. So look at verse 17. He said, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? I love that humility. And you know, when you really do get in the presence of God of true worship, you really do. Pride goes out the door. Everything that you went in assignment with God, like, I'm going to pray for them. They're gonna, I'm going to let God deal with them. And you're walking and praying for somebody else, and God's like, whoa, let's talk about you today. When you really get in the presence of God, he humbles you. And there's, there is a vulnerability to God. And you don't feel like, God, am I really worthy to have this moment with you? Verse 17, again, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? He said, my strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Those are difficult circumstances, isn't it? How many has been in those kind of circumstances in the last couple of years? I can hardly breathe. God, I don't know what you're doing and I can't find your strength and your hope. Verse 18, then the one who looks like a man touched me again, one more time, and I felt my strength returning. It's that last moment that you allow God 
to just come up and you're like, I don't want God, I don't want to do this again. One more time. One more time Daniel stayed in the presence of God. And that time his strength returned back to him. There's something I'm going to pray over you when I close this morning is I'm going to pray for God's strength to return back to you today. Wherever you are weary and you feel emptied out and you feel bottomed out and you're like, I don't even feel like I want to stand again, God wants to touch you today. He wants to give you strength again. And he told him after, after he got filled with strength, he said, don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. It was one more affirmation, Daniel. Don't worry. You are precious to God. What do you do with the things that are precious to you, whether it be, you know, a vase or, you know, you cherish it, you protect it, you think of it often, you look at it. It's important to you. God has not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. You may feel like that. You may feel like things are the brass ceiling right now, but they are not. You just need one more touch from Jesus, one more touch of his presence. He said, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, and be strong, says the Lord. And we know that one touch strengthened him again. So I'm going to ask our, our praise team to come up and I'm going to take just a moment and pray over you. And I have some words I want to give some people this morning that God gave me as I was standing down there worshiping this morning. So I'm going to have you stand to your feet for just a minute because I'm, I'm a tiny bit, tiny bit, important enough. 